0: These are lovely readings today. The, each uh, each reading is pithy in and of itself, but if you take them together, they uh, they they provide a, a lovely commentary on the contrast between the old covenant and the new covenant. Uh, and I think that they are particularly germane to the news of the day. You know, we we are in a world that is concerning itself with. Rights and privileges uh, belonging to certain groups of people and not others, to people who feel empowered to perpetrate violence on groups of people who don't belong to their group, and the readings have something to say about that. Human judgment decides who is worth forgiving, but God's favor rests on anybody who will have it. Paul speaks of the present form of the world passing away. The present form of the world of Paul rested on a system of justice that is mediated by human judgment. It rested on birthright and keeping pure and staying away from those who were not born to your tribe. The new world of Jesus, on the other hand, rested on these fishermen we heard about who were trying to see whether they could do what Jesus had done and give justice with mercy for anybody who needed it. And then we have that great story of Jonah. The thing about Jonah is he didn't really believe that Nineveh deserved to be spared. He didn't think that merely because they put sackcloth on everybody and their cattle, they should be pardoned. Of course, Nineveh is not meant to be just Nineveh in this little story, but to stand for the entire Assyrian Empire with its crushing, consuming political machine eating up the tribes of Israel and Judah. So when we meet our hero, he's already run away from God once, only to be tossed in the sea as he madly tries to escape, where he was swallowed by a fish, which seems to be a metaphor for going on a long and difficult journey where his life was in danger. And while he was on that journey, he prayed a prayer which seemed to acknowledge that he realized that God could forgive him if he would repent. And he repented, and God saved him in return. So repentance paid off for Jonah. Nevertheless, when he's safe again, not panic-stricken that he might lose his life, he disagreed again that God should forgive Nineveh. But Jonah was true to his apology. He went with his eight-word sermon to Nineveh, even though his heart was not in it, because he believed that his own repentance was more acceptable to God than that of anything the Assyrian Empire could come up with. This is old covenant thinking. That is the form of the present world, as Paul puts it because it means that forgiveness, that mercy, that justice is proportionate to that which must be forgiven or repented. Jonah who was just one little prophet suffering mightily and in danger of perishing could be forgiven for not wanting to confront the big Assyrian empire but Assyria, the incarnation of evil could not and should not be forgiven could not and should not be aided by Jonah Jonah could not bring Nineveh the good news, no matter how much sackcloth was in evidence. We do have curious ways of deciding how mercy should be given. For all our enlightenment, for all our postmodern understanding of how things are interconnected, we still ascribe the plight of those who need forgiveness and mercy to the very people who need it the most. It's their fault that they're in this predicament. There was, for instance, the way in which people tended to blame a man we were trying to help find a home in this congregation last fall. What had he done to bring it on? How had he failed to see this coming? How did he let things get so dangerous? Why had he lost his home to begin with? These were all the questions I heard when I tried to help him find a place to live. And whereas we gave him money and food and time and shelter and companionship, the rest of the county gave him precious little. Our partners, the wonderful folks at St. Columbus in Inverness, let him stay there, bless them, and use their internet. But I could not even send him to our Episcopal shelter in San Francisco because it was too dangerous for him to be here. That was not my judgment, but the judgment of the people running the shelter. And that too is old covenant thinking. People who do not fit in well, who don't keep the blood pure, should not be forgiven, should not be shown mercy. In Mark's gospel we hear that the kingdom has come near and that we are urged to repent or turn back and hear the good news. The good news is that God has the capacity and even better the desire to forgive anybody anything, to be merciful to everyone. It isn't the Old Testament, Old Covenant idea of the degree of evil. It's the New Testament, New Covenant promise of the degree of mercy, which is endless. The present form of the world of Paul did pass away and today we are called not only to repent but to be the good news. To put aside our judgments about who deserves mercy. To give without reservation the blessings we have been given until the last person on earth has everything she needs. We are the good news in this church. We did reach out and save this man from starving, from being alone, from giving up on his own life. We do that every day in this church in some way or another. So today, the task force for outreach begins its preparation for its Lenten project. In recognition of the fact that members of this church have many commitments and are also ministering in many, many wonderful ways every day, the task force would like to offer the congregation some simple ways of participating in helping the homeless in Marin during Lent. We have arranged several volunteer opportunities open to anyone and everyone during Lent and we will organize and support these efforts. The goal of these projects is to give everyone a chance to help with the hope that doing so will not only be a good Lenten practice but also a stimulating experience. We hope that we can then have a dialogue with the congregation about these experiences and what they are leading us to do next. So next week, for two weeks, there will be cards in the fuse These cards will detail opportunities to volunteer with the rest shelter and with Gilead House in various locations. These opportunities do not require anything complicated. Anybody can participate. We will provide transportation if needed. We ask that you sign up for at least one activity and that you talk to a task force member after you've done it. I ask that you pray for the success of this venture, that you think about it, and that you ask questions. Come to the presentations we will give. Tell us what your experiences are. Help us bring the congregation together to decide how best to be the next chapter of the Good News in Marin. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at oursaviourmv.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.